Is your heating system ready for colder weather? An annual heating system tune-up from McCarthy Services will help make sure your system is working properly and efficiently to keep you warm and save money on your heating costs. Schedule your annual heating system tune-up today with McCarthy Services for only $29. That's right, only $29. But do it fast. This outstanding special ends soon. Call 866-838-1432 for details. License number 2705-142-9478. McCarthyHomeServices.com Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you and brought to you by Sit Means Sit Syracuse, Stanley Law Offices, and our great, great friends at the Allen Angus Pub, home of the best darn Angus Burger in town. If you're in and around central New York, stop on by for the best darn Angus Burger in town at Mike L Sports on Twitter and of course Mike L Sports 1979 on Instagram the ML Sports Platter part of the Brawl Network and you can get us on Twitter at Network Brawl and me at Mike L Sports as well super excited to bring him on to the program he's the founder of sportslogos.net and he's got a new book out as well Fabric of the Game it's available major bookstores, online where books are sold, and you can get them on Twitter at SportsLogosNet, a must-follow on Twitter, at SportsLogosNet. He's terrific. Chris Creamer, welcome back, man. How are you? Thanks, Mike. I uh, really appreciate being on your show again. Uh, You know, I I look back on some of your past episodes, and I see some of the guests you get. I I can't believe that I am of that uh, caliber that you would reach out to me for two shows, but I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Well, look, I appreciate the kind words, and, and you're right there with, with all of them, and this is a podcast for the masses, for everyone, uh, you know, all sports. It's kind of where I, I put together the name Platter after I had left, you know, corporate radio, kind of trying to encompass, um, you know, one of the things people think I, I that I know a lot, you know, I, I have a, a, a variety of sports knowledge. I said, well, let's just throw it all on a platter, ML Sports Platter. So uh, I threw it here, and we know sports, obviously, a big part of the game's it's the logos. Uh, it's it's the it's the fabric of the game. The stories behind the NHL's names, logos, and uniforms. Your book is out. Uh, what's the message here that you're trying to get across in this book? A and B. How did it all come to come to fruition here, Chris? Well, what I wanted to do when uh, writing this book was I, I wanted to see. Okay, so as someone who's been covering a logo and name unveiling for 20 years now. One thing I've noticed is that the reaction is almost always negative at first uh, before people eventually come to love and accept a logo. Uh, what I wanted to do was go back in time to see if this was always the case. Uh, some of these names that uh, people love and can't imagine teams ever changing at this point, like say like the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins of that nature. Uh, at one point when they came out, I wanted to see what the reaction was. Did people know at the time that this was going to be an iconic, legendary name? Uh, and what I found was that almost always people hated them. <laughs> almost every single one of these names that we consider iconic and untouchable now was just panned by the media, by fans. Fans always had alternate suggestions, which seemed like ridiculous options at this point. Um, so it just goes to show you that uh, it doesn't, really matter what you name your team uh, people will uh, hate it at first but over 
you know, over a short amount of time, they will grow to love it and they will grow to accept it as a part of their lives. Uh, so much so to the point where any suggestion to call the team otherwise is, you know, almost uh, blasphemous. And you obviously worked on this book with Todd Radom as well, who's uh, fantastic. Uh, he, he creating the world's most visible sports brands for 25 plus years. He throws in design, consultation, the illustration. Uh, he's he did the book uh, Winning Ugly and, and now Fabric of the Game with you. What, what do you think you've learned from Todd, and, and what do you think he's learned from you? I don't know if he's learned anything from me. I mean, Todd's been around so long in this industry that it, uh, he, he really does feel like the Todd father. Like, that's what we call him. <laughs> like, but he, he just knows, uh, he knows so much in this industry. He's been so ingrained in it for so long. Like, he's actually been involved in the design of so many logos that, that uh, people still love to this day. Uh, but what I've learned from him is, is basically how the process of these logos are designed, uh, how it's, it's more than just, uh, you know, designing perhaps what, what the fans want. Like it's, it's a little more complicated than that. There's so many people that need to be uh, made happy of, right? There's the ownership group, there's the, you know, the front office, the players, uh, as well as the, uh, the fans. In addition to like the leagues, they need to be uh, happy as well. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of, um, I guess, uh, brought me down to earth a little bit more in uh, terms of what I expected from teams. Um, <clears throat> and Todd uh, was great because he has done this before, right? He's written a book. This was my first book. This was Todd's second. Uh, we worked with the same publisher uh, as Todd did for his first, so that helped. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd's been involved in the publishing industry before. Uh, back in the 80s, he designed uh, book covers, Uh most notably, he designed the, the typeface for Stephen King's Stranger Things. Um, I think that's the name of it, or is it Needful Things? But uh, I'm not a book, <laughs> I'm not a, a, a fiction uh, fan. But um, so, yeah, Todd's great for that. He's, he's good for just giving you some perspective and some guidance. And, uh, you know, my plan going into this book was to make it like a, a 500 page behemoth uh, full of photos. And uh, he brought me back to reality a bit. He said, you know, as great as that would be, um, you know, no publisher is going to make that book and it's going to cost, you know, $100 and it, it's just not realistic. So uh, he sort of brought me back to reality and, and showed me, you know, this is the best way to make it, get a book done, that it can be published and that it can be uh, sold and people will actually buy it. Fabric of the game, the stories behind the NHL's names, logos, and uniforms. Chris Creamer, our guest, of course, co-authored with Todd Radom, and you can get it all over major bookstores and, and, and online where books are sold. So the stories behind the NHL's names, logos, and uniforms, what are some of the craziest stories behind exactly that? Well, uh, there's some interesting origin stories in here, uh, and I don't want to give away too much because, well, not to be selfish or anything, but I want some people to buy the book. But uh, I was surprised at the Vancouver Canucks story. Uh, I, I had always heard that they simply just took the name of their minor league team. And that is true, but the sort of drama that uh, surrounded that, um, it, it almost reminded me of Twitter now and social media outrage. <laughs> um, uh, the Canucks all started back in the 40s as a, as a minor league team. And uh, the name was actually suggested by a bootlegger <laughs> who was friends of the owner of the team. And 
uh, Canucks is named after Johnny Canuck, who's sort of Canada's version of Uncle Sam, um, <laughs> like a, a cartoon uh, sort of a you know rallying uh, a war hero, and uh, evolved into a comic book character. But uh, the Canucks took that name, ran with it as a minor league team for 15 years, and when the NHL came calling. Uh, the owners of the Canucks minor league team, they got the NHL franchise and they said, okay, a new team, new era, new name. And the outrage that you saw on the front page of the Vancouver newspapers when they announced that, every single day, the local sports section would publish about 10 letters on the front page of their newspaper of people just so upset at this company saying, hey, we're not keeping the Canucks name. (laughs) And like I said, Twitter of the day. And it worked. It worked. Um, so they picked the uh, the Canucks name. The uh, compromise was they got to pick the colors. The original minor league Canucks were red, white, and blue. Uh, and they went with blue and green for the Pacific Ocean and the forests of British Columbia and the white as for the snow. And uh, now, you know, 50 years later, the, that's the Canucks color scheme to this day, even though they've sort of uh, ventured off that path a few times. So I, I found that story interesting. Um, you know, previous books that I've, read uh, that uh, dig into team name origin stories and even articles, uh, you know, directly on the, you know, official websites, like NHL.com has been an article about team name origins, and it's simply, uh, they took this name from the minor league team, they took this name from a historical team, they didn't really get into the origins of the original name, which is what I was interested in, Um, for example, like the Oakland Seals, Hmm. they took the name Seals from a minor league team as well. But why did that minor league team pick the name Seals? So in our chapter on the Seals, we dive right into, okay, here's the history of the Seal name in the Bay Area. And it goes all the way back to the early 20th century, 60 years before the NHL team even exists. And, yeah, we wanted to find the true origins of all these names. So a lot of times in sports, and really, I mean, it's I guess everywhere, but in sports it's used too the word brand comes up a lot, right? Like the Cowboys have the biggest brand in the NFL, the Yankee brand, you know, the Laker brand. Uh, In hockey circles, maybe it's the Maple Leaf or Canadian brand, you know, in Canada and and certainly in the U.S. You could pick the the popular regional market, Rangers, Bruins, etc. Original six, you know, it's almost become a brand now. Um, Logo and brand, how do they go together? Because I got to feel like, if a team has a like a wonderful, wonderful logo, that it can enhance the brand immensely, right, Chris? I mean, how do they go? How do they go together? Well, a good name and a good logo uh, that can ultimately win you more fans and make you more iconic than mm, I don't. Well, I'm gonna say more than your market, perhaps. I don't want to say more than a successful team because you do need some success in order for your brand to become iconic. Yeah, you can't suck uh, forever even if you have a bad logo or, you know, or if you have a great logo, well, I should I mean, say. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chicago Cubs to the exception, right? Um, yeah, they, sure. they seem to do okay even though they had a great logo and they were still an iconic team for many years. But I was thinking of the New York Yankees and just how famous that cap is even though they were just horrible in the 1980s. Yeah. And the early 90s, yeah, but they were uh, running off of the uh, the history and the legacy of that 
from the great Yankee teams of you know the twenties right up to the sixties. And you know, Chris, and, adding adding to that real quick too, before you go on, I wanted to just quickly say something. It, it, the it, you know, there's a reason why Michael K usually during before. Every game starts, like right at the beginning, if you're watching a 1 o'clock Yankee game, right at, you know, 101, 102, you know, here, here's the Yankees out in the field with the interlocking NY on the cap. There's a reason he says that. Yeah, uh, the Yankees uh, logo is perhaps even more famous than the Yankees team itself, right? Like, it's it's sort of gone off to another plane. Um, and what was it? Was it Jay-Z that said he, he makes the Yankee cap more famous than a Yankee can? Uh, you know, and that, and that helps when you have that pop culture sure. um, pushing the brand and just making it all the more iconic. Uh, you know, the first time I went to Europe, I was in Italy, and uh, I saw so many people wearing New York Yankee caps and shirts and jerseys. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people are baseball fans out there in Italy, but my gosh, do they want to wear uh, the Yankee cap just because of how powerful that logo is. And what it represents, really. It represents uh, a legacy, represents championships, winning, uh, power, uh, and uh, confidence, and that, all of that just from a simple logo. So when you look at the, the, the logos in the NHL, do, do, you, have, do you have a top logo that, that, is, that exists now? Um, I know some teams have monkeyed around and changed some things. I'm going to get into the reverse retro jerseys, by the way, in a minute, which I think are unbelievable for the most part. There's a couple of eh uh, ones, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that maybe they don't have a great color scheme originally or they don't have a great logo originally. Uh, when you have a great logo, you have great design, colors, et cetera, that go with it, you can do a lot more in terms of getting creative. But do you have, you know, power rank, maybe like top three, top five, however you want to go there. It's awfully hard to go against that 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 Blackhawk logo, right, Chris? <laughs> oh, yeah, Chicago Blackhawks, that's, that's another classic logo, right? And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see um, where that falls in terms of, you know, uh, eliminating the Native American uh, imagery in sport. Uh, that one has always been sort of on the fence, right? Because it seems to be a more yeah. uh, honorific uh, depiction. Uh, so it'll be curious to see how that ends up over time. Um, but that is a great looking logo. You you can't deny that. And just how it it's 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 a logo that sits on a red jersey, and the logo itself has very very little red in it. And that itself is interesting to me, and how it just sort of pops right off that jersey. Uh, so that's up there. You know, any of the original six teams, if we're talking uniforms, the Montreal Canadiens' home red uniform is just oh. beautiful. You know, even as a Leafs fan, I, I can't deny, uh, you know, how awesome it is to see that uniform. Um, and, you know, you put that uniform up against the Red Wings' white jersey, and to me that is like the ultimate uh, hockey uniform matchup. Just those two uniforms going head-to-head looks amazing to me. Uh, so i got to put the Habs up there. i got to put the Red Wings up there. Uh, Blackhawks as well. I know those are you know sort of predictable choices, but you know, I, I'd lie to you if I if I didn't choose those ones. Uh, the Hartford Whalers is is a big logo for me, and uh, sadly you know gone now, except yeah. in the reverse retro program. But uh, just the to me that's the ultimate logo in that you know it shows you so much and does so much, but also with so little, right? Like it's it's a logo simple enough that a child could draw it from memory. But it also tells you so much about the team, so much about the the brand, the identity, the name. How it's a W and a whale tail, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. and then an H hidden right in the middle of that. And 
that just that just makes it. Right? You know, for so, years I didn't even see that. By the way, I didn't. It's, it's, such it's a wild light bulb moment when you yeah. see it. It's like, aha! Yeah, wow, this exactly. logo is ten times better now. Yeah. As soon as you see that, in- yeah, yeah, it, 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 that logo is amazing. Um, the reverse retros, though, are are I think they're spectacular for the most part. I mean. The Avalanche coming out doing their thing with the with the Nordiques and, and the color scheme, you know, using the modern colors with with old logos and and um, and some are newer. It's just new, new. Some are old, new, new, old. Um, I love I love the Wild with that old North Star color combo with the with the current logo. Clearly, you know, the the Nordiques and Avs combo there. The Whalers with the the Hurricanes. Um, you know the the Statue of Liberty brought back by the Rangers. Not a big fan of the Sabers one. So not only do they stink this year, really bad, but they they've also put together a terrible reverse uh, retro jersey. Um, how about a comment or two on on your favorites from the reverse retro and color scheme? Seems to be a big way that these are standing out. Does it not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, some of them with the modern color scheme and the old designs, they really work. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Colorado Avalanche and the Quebec Nordiques. I think that is a great example of it, it's almost, you know, we went through a darkening of colors in the 90s. Uh, so it's almost plausible that that's what the Nordiques may have looked like now, right? If mm. they if they never moved, they'd take the original logo and then just darken the colors a little bit to give it a more modern look. Uh and then in some cases it doesn't work. And an example of that to me is the Winnipeg Jets, where they take this classic, you know, 1970s uh, uniform, they slap the old logo on there, but then they use the modern colors, which, you know, the old logo was red, white, and blue, and very bright, very vibrant, and all worked together. And now they take the modern colors of gray and navy blue, and it just sort of kills the, the look of that uniform. It, it's so dark and gloomy and depressing to see after such a bright, uh, vibrant color scheme that I was a bit disappointed in that one. Uh, you mentioned the Wild and the North Stars. That's a fantastic one. Uh, and an, an example of a team that could pull that off full-time in the future. You know, the green and gold is a color scheme that's not used in the NHL anymore, right? The Dallas Stars have gotten rid of it. The Oakland Seals are long gone. Uh, Minnesota, of any market, I feel, deserves to reclaim that color scheme. There doesn't seem to be a lot of attachment to the red and green of the wild, so why not? You know, go for it. Um, but the LA Kings, I think, uh, really, uh, really nailed it in this one, where they they took two different eras. They took the logo of the 90s, and they mixed it with the colors of the 70s and 80s to create the hybrid uniform that covers... Uh, 30 years of their franchise's history um, pays tribute to both Marcel Dion and Wayne Gretzky in a very well-designed, unique uniform that stands out amongst the entire league, right? Like, this team could own this look. Nobody else is going to be purple and gold. And the white version of that logo, the uh, what we call, like, the, uh, the Chevrolet logo um, right on the chest, I think that's another... Uh, another one that looks fantastic and uh you know the kings should consider uh, making that their full-time look it's a lot more interesting than black and silver even though they won the cup two times with it uh, i would seriously consider going purple and gold full-time final one for you here chris uh what do you hope you know when people get done what do you hope people say about about the book 
<laughs> I hope they leave a five-star review on Amazon. That'd be handy. Um, I, I hope they they leave the book having a greater appreciation for what goes into building a brand and naming a team and choosing a logo and choosing a uniform. Uh, for every single one of these teams in the league, and even the ones that don't exist anymore, at one point, using that name and the colors and the uniforms was the most important decision in the world for a group of people. And they agonized over it for months and months. And we don't really think about that now, right? We just see the team and we accept that that's what they look like without really appreciating what went into that design. All the people involved in it, especially the more modern teams and the more modern designs where focus groups are involved and, and you know, huge meetings and boardrooms and the, the trademark and legal disputes that went into these things. Uh, the Nashville Predators, uh, uh, we covered it as how they wanted to name their team the Nashville Edge. And the logo that they wear now was designed to use to be with that name, the Edge, uh, before Gary Bettman came in and said, nope, <laughs> you can't call it the Edge. I'll tell you what, I love that logo, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's so and the sharp. story behind why that, like, this is a, a rare example of, it's probably the only example I could think of where a team unveiled their logo before they even had a name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, yeah, they, they, they said, here's our logo, now help us pick a name for it. <laughs> and Predators wasn't even an option, if I recall correctly. It yeah. It was like the Ice Tiger, it was Ice Tigers and Fury, and uh, the ownership group, I guess, was like, you know what, none of these names are doing it for us, so they added Predators as a, as a last option, and the fans loved it. You know, you, um, want, you, you start to think about it, too. Like, I wonder if it's almost easier. I mean, it's not a regular thing that you see all the time, but you wonder if it if you go back in time, it'd be interesting to, to see if, if, if the logo did come first and then you decided the name off of looking at the logo, you know? It, 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 kind of reversing it to see what the outcomes would have been. And, and, and frankly, for those people, if it was easier to come up with that. Yeah, I mean, if you just give uh, your designer a little bit of guidance and say, in, in the case of the Predators, it was uh, their designer said, hey, I read this story about, you know, finding this saber-toothed tiger fossil, so let's just do a logo about a saber-toothed tiger fossil. And uh, when they said they wanted to call the team the Edge, he's like, okay, I'll make it a big, giant uh, tooth in the front, and that'll be the Edge of the, uh, of the team. Um I, I think, yeah, if you give your designer carte blanche, you, you'll be surprised with what you come up with. And, you know, you get these options, you see various mascots and logos, it might make it easier to pick a name. But, you know, you see the visual for it, and it's just easier to, I will to reuse the same word, visualize this brand as, as being alive and possible. Uh, probably a lot better than just seeing a name written on a piece of paper with no colors and no logo or anything. Well, the book is out. It's awesome. And Chris Creamer is a co-author along with Todd Radom. You got to go get it. Amazon.com, major bookstores, online, across the board where books are sold. Uh, it is called Fabric of the Game. Uh, the stories behind the NHL's names, logos, and uniforms. And uh, you can get Chris on Twitter as well, at SportsLogosNet, and of course, SportsLogos.net. Chris, thanks so much for a few minutes here. Congratulations on the book, and uh, I'll have you back here. I, I, I can talk uniforms, logos, colors. I, I can talk this stuff all day, so continued success, man. Thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate you having me here. Hope you're well.
Want to also mention too, I talked off air with Chris about this, but if you go right now to fabricofthegamebook.com, that's fabricofthegamebook.com, you can get a signed copy by both authors, Todd Radom and Chris Creamer. So again, that's another place to go buy, fabricofthegamebook.com, and you can order uh, if you're in the United States, order in Canada, and signed copies are available. By the way, the forward is by Lanny McDonald. So this is a terrific, cool book. And you know, when you think about the best logos uh, in the NHL, uh, it, 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 man, to narrow it down to you know my top three or five, eh, I probably could. Um, I gotta say, I mean, I think the Blackhawks is probably number one for me. Uh, the, the the modern that just that headdress, it's so cool. Um, probably have to go Red Wings number two. Um, you know, heritage why, I mean, I, I understand the Bruins and Canadians. I don't know as if they're a favorite of mine. Uh, I gotta tell you, I love the pen. Well, I'm a diehard Saber fan, obviously. Um, boy, is it bad right now? Um, their logo's gotta be up there and they're my favorite team. I'm gonna go Sabres one. I'll be biased. I'm gonna go Sabres one. Blackhawks to Red Wings three, and I gotta tell you, I've always loved the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, logo. I just think it's so cool uh, that Penguin, you know, skating uh, basically as a as a hockey player. It's I don't know if people know this about Pittsburgh too, but they're the only non-original six team in the top five of most uh, of most lists uh, out there, which is wild. They won five cups now uh, in this great. Uh, era with Crosby, Malkin, and company. Um, and you know what? The gold and black color scheme, a lot better than brown, gold, black, right, that, that, that they had before. Um, Robo Penguin. I don't know. I love it. I love it. So I'd go Sabres 1, Blackhawks 2, Red Wings 3, um, go Penguins 4, and then, man, that fifth spot. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I, I think I would go... I think I would go with the Ranger Statue of Liberty logo, I think is my fifth. I really love that one. And, and just outside, don't fall in my top ten. I'd probably throw Canadians in there, Bruins, you know, without ranking them. Uh, Canadians, Bruins, uh, for sure. Predators, absolutely. Um, you know, I think Vegas' logo is great, too. There's just so many awesome logos. The Blues, you know, I, I've liked the Blues logo for a long time. Um as well. I mean, you, you know, you've got that mix, you know, the eighties, nineties, the adding the red to the logo here and there, you know, the Brett Hall years, the Gretzky years, the, you know, the music note, uh, part of it with St. Louis blues, uh, the nickname coinciding. I think Seattle Kraken's got a great new logo coming up in expansion. I've always liked Edmonton's as well, but those are some of my favorites in, in the top five, uh, for sure. And in, in, in top 10 rounding out, uh, in no particular order as well. Mike Lindsley with you. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. A big tip of the cap. Thank you to Stanley Law Offices, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Hides of Liverpool. If you are in and around the Central New York area all March long, use the code MLSP. That's ML Sports Platter, MLSP. At the register, you'll get 10% off your order with Hides of Liverpool.
Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports, all a part of the Brawl Network at Network Brawl on Twitter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.